the worst thing you can do is, you know, hate yourself over it and go, oh, now I've got to starve myself for the next day. Yeah. Like, it's happened, deal with it, enjoy it, understand why it happened, and try and prove on the next time it comes around. Yeah. Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. We have helped hundreds of people reach their goals. And this podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, teachable moments and topics we think will help you reach your goals as well. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack, I'm the PT and joining me is my partner Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon to be psychologist. This week was all about Mac. If you haven't, then go back and listen to her solo episode on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yes. What was that about? How to optimize your brain health and function with nutrition, Mm. nutrients, food. Good episode. So make sure you go back and have a listen to that. And if you do like it, and if you do get something out of it, please share it with a friend or family member that you know will get something out of it as well. Uh, This podcast has been growing massively lately. And podcasts do generally grow by word of mouth. Yep. So it does help us out a lot when you recommend us to somebody else. Second thing Mac did was kite board. Kite <laughs> Not really kite board, but just learning how to fly a kite um, in leading into kite boarding or kite surfing or anything sort of kite related. Yeah, I posted some photos on my personal Facebook page, which is pretty much just for my family. And my dad's like... You didn't even go in the water. <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course not. There's a lot. There's so much to learn. There was so much more involved than I anticipated. Mm. Just technique-wise and like, yeah, there's there's a lot going on. So there's a YouTube video all about that as well out now. So you can go and watch the YouTube video. I'll link both for those. So Max Solo podcast and the YouTube video in the show notes. Um, I've even... So I have kiteboarded before when I was younger, when I was living in Townsville, but it was very beginner stages. You sort of just took your kite up, went one way and went back. I didn't do any tricks or aerials or anything like that. So it's, um, I've actually been getting back into it with Jenny as well. And it's good to go right back to the basics and learn all the things you're meant to learn before you start even getting in the water. Cause even I've had a few friends go, Jack, when you get, I want to see you out in the water and that sort of stuff. And look, I really want to get out in the water, but honestly, it's actually been so much better going back to the very basics and getting Jen just to go over everything. Yeah. Safety, like little hints, tricks, the like all little things. Uh, so that's been good. I think learning all of the basics and like the safety and everything like that in the beginning, just will make your actual kiteboarding experience a lot easier and your kiteboarding future a lot easier because it's like things that you learn that you once you learn them you don't have to think about them kind of like riding a bike like once you learn how to find the balance and the pedal like everything like that you won't actually need to learn that again Mm. and I think for me when going back to kiteboarding it's it was something new and it was kind of intimidating and I like to think that I have a good mind-body connection because we train in the gym a lot. But it just kind of reminded me of how important learning all the basics in training are because I don't think about it anymore. Like learning how to squat properly and how to 
I don't know, you can probably give more examples than me because you work with new people often, but just all of the little things like engaging your muscles and stuff like that, it's it's so much more beneficial than I think people realise. Yeah. It, it sort of works both ways. So obviously it's a great example of you being very seasoned in the gym and knowing your way around the gym, all the exercise, all that sort of stuff, and you go do something new and you get so much more out of it. But one of our other clients, um, she was, she'd been surfing and all that sort of stuff. And one of her goals was to get better at surfing through the gym and get stronger and that sort of stuff. And she's got more mind-body connection through the gym and doing the exercises in the gym. And now her surfing's gotten a lot better. Yeah. So it's just, it, and that comes down to not relying on the one thing. Like we always say that resistance training should be your base thing that you do. Like no matter what, you should be doing re- resistance training for health and longevity and then everything else on top of that. Yeah. It's just sometimes like we get caught in this trap. Like I get caught in this trap so much. Um, it's just you get a little bit obsessed with one thing and everything sort of goes out you, the window and you're not doing anything. Yeah. Like you, my, my mobility lately because I've in, like tweaked my, an old back injury and over the last couple of months, I've even said it on this podcast a few times, how my mobility is getting worse and worse and worse. And I just ignored it. And finally, my back went and I've got my old injury back, but it's good now. Again, I've just started working on my mobility and it's gotten 10 times better. So it's just not relying on that one thing. And yeah, getting outside your comfort zone and trying different things. Yeah. And I thought that this time of the year and this episode would be a good time to just remind everyone that when you start something new, like kiting, surfing, yoga, going to the gym, you are going to feel like an idiot. There's Mm. always, because I felt like an idiot kiting. I was like, I look like such a dork. I am so like oblivious to like the techniques and everything that you need. And come January, I feel like a lot of people will start trying to go to the gym or start exercising. And I think a lot of the time feeling awkward or like you don't know what you're doing deters a lot of people, especially if you say you buy a program online and then you go to a 24 hour gym, that would be intimidating as hell because one, you don't know if you're moving correctly. You don't really know how to use the equipment or how to move correctly in general. And then there's all these other people around you that looked like that look like seasoned pros and yeah, I don't They're know. very opinionated as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think just like, there's always going to be movements that make you feel like an idiot. Even now there's some movements that we do in the gym and I'm like, God, I'm so glad that there's only like pretty much all of our clients are our friends <laughs> here because I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I've been trying to get a one arm hang. Oh yeah. And I, I can hang with two arms easy. I'm th- so I'm like, oh yeah, sweet. One hand should be fine. I cannot hold onto the bar. <laughs> so I've got to take it right back to basics and I look like an idiot and I look like I'm struggling so much. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but that's part of like, that's, you've got to almost embrace that. Otherwise you're not going to get outside your comfort zone and you're not going to be doing these things and you're not going to progress your body further. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. But as you realize when you're kiting, a good coach helps a lot as well. Definitely. I had a client consult last week, the end of last week, I think. And 
one thing that she mentioned was she doesn't like going to the gym because she doesn't know what to do. And she would happily go to the gym if she felt less intimidated because she knows people in the gym and they are regular gym goers. And I just suggested like doing a, a one, one on P, one-on-one PT with Jack or just a couple just to learn. Mm. Like having a good coach to teach you the movements in the beginning will then set you up to just for you to train by yourself if that's like what you're looking for for the rest of your life essentially. Like, Yeah. And it's important not just to stop at one coach either. Like I might train people completely different to the next PT in the gym. Like there's, it's not, there's no right or wrong way. You might understand like all good PTs are going to be trying to get to the same goal with their client, no matter who it is, what it is, like what the goal is, all that sort of stuff. But how you get there can be a bit quite different and that's okay. It's just whatever you like vibe with what do you whatever you understand what connects with you better to get to those goals like you learnt kite boarding from jen or flying a kite from jen somebody else random kite boarder might might have come in and had a completely different opinion mm. we're still trying to get to the same results but it's just a different opinion so don't be afraid of asking people in the gym for their opinion take it as an opinion don't make like don't feel like you have to do it that way it's just take it all on board and decide for yourself what is better. Yeah. And the more questions you – like if you are intimidated going to the gym and starting and you've got all the bros there, start asking them questions. The more questions you ask, the less intimidating they're going to be. Yeah, definitely. And I think once you've broken the ice, like not even just with asking questions about exercises but just general conversation as well, breaking the ice is going to make you feel less awkward – so you're probably going to put more effort in. You won't be afraid to sweat. You won't be afraid to sigh loudly or puff or grunt or count out loud or whatever everyone's afraid of if you've broken the ice and just had like some friendly conversation. And I, nine times out of 10, I think everyone in the gym ultimately is there to try and better themselves. So you all really have the same goal in mind. No one is actually that intimidating. Like they might be, but you also might have built it up in your head that this person is looking at me out the corner of my eye and they think I'm an idiot. But don't forget that they started looking like an idiot as well. Yeah, and I don't care what level you're at. Everybody's thinking that everybody else in the gym is judging them. Yeah. And no one's judging anybody other than worrying about themselves. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that judgment and all that sort of feeling – and look, if it is there and you are getting judged, then you're probably in, a, in the wrong gym and I'd say find a new gym. Um, but it shouldn't be like that. It, like everybody feels that way no matter what and yeah. it's something you have to battle with. But again, it's just about, you know, talk to the people around you and you'll find that they're not judging you and they might be looking at you and looking at your form and they might have a little tip tip for you. But they're just worried that they don't want to give it to you because they don't know how to approach you. So if you approach them first, then it just breaks that ice a little bit more and you're going to increase your knowledge base. And your gains. <laughs> exactly. While we're on the sort of improving yourself and the gym and all that sort of stuff, uh, we, uh, we had a pretty good client win during the week. Yeah. Or over the last week or two, one of our clients uh, has given up Diet Coke um, and she was actually very proud of herself and she should be. It's a great win. 
And she said to me, what did she say? She said, I've given up Diet Coke and it's been, she said, I'm not addicted, but it's been very interesting to see what happens. And it was a good conversation to have with her because she's realized that although foods aren't addictive, like she, so she's given up Diet Coke. Essentially Diet Coke isn't really addictive. There's no addictive compounds in there if I'm well arguably the sweetener I guess but it's not something like drugs or alcohol yeah so yes there is a case to say yes it could be addictive but generally it's not considered an addictive thing also side note people have addictive personality so if someone is addicted to something like alcohol coke drugs sugar coffee Generally, it comes down to their genes. So, like, but in saying that, that person would struggle with being addicted to lots of things, mm. not just one food. It would be like everything, like their whole personality is addictive. So I think being addicted to food, it's, yeah, I, sometimes it's an excuse maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, I did want to bring it up because, yeah, it's a good, like, again, awesome for this client and she should be happy and proud of that. And one of the questions I asked her was, uh, are you going to ever drink Coke again or Diet Coke? And she sort of thought about it and she's like, well, probably not, but just on occasions. And 100%, good, great answer and that's how it should be. So. What is up, everybody? Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, you are going to love our guides and eBooks. Mac has put them all in the one spot so you can easily find the guide that will help you achieve your goals. There is over 15 to choose from. So no matter what your goal is, we've got you covered. Losing weight, building muscle, shopping guides, meal plan templates, recipe books, hormone guides, everything you need to know about your menstrual cycle. And for the guys, I have written an eBook, Raising Your Testosterone Naturally. So make sure you hit the shop link below and find what guide will help you achieve your goals. So either hit the link below or go to www.insitucollective forward slash shop. That is www.in-situcollective.com forward slash shop. For this client, she, she went to Coke for that little vice thing, like, you know, when she worked hard and she felt like she was parched, she went for the Diet Coke or when she needed that little bit of a pick-me-up, she went for the Diet Coke. And like these are her words. Like she was saying, like, I was always telling myself it was okay to have one or two Cokes a day because I don't drink caffeinated things. I don't drink coffee, all that sort of stuff. So it's okay if I have a Coke or, you know, I've worked hard today, so I'll have a Coke. So she's noticed big changes and... She's like, I can't believe how many stories I told myself about how it's okay to have this thing when it's not actually okay. And I don't actually deserve it in any way. You don't deserve, you shouldn't reward yourself with things that, you know, ultimately making you unhealthy mm. because it creates a bad relationship. So yeah, I just thought it was a really good, and we've spoken about this a fair bit on the podcast, how we, you know, we tell ourselves, oh, I've done a hard workout, so I deserve this, or I've fasted today. That's a yeah. good one. I fasted today so I can have this hamburger because I didn't eat much, that sort of stuff. And I, yeah, I think that 
doing that just every time you do that, it just reaffirms the habit because it's not necessarily an addiction. Mm. Most likely it's a habit. And then every time you tell yourself, yeah, I, I did this. So I deserve to have my reward. You're just reaffirming to your brain that this is the habit that you want. This is the behavior or the outcome that you want when you do something good. So like you are literally every time you do it, you are wiring your brain to tell you, okay, we did hard work. Let's go have the Coke. Mm. And so it's just, you just have to, I guess, slowly fight against your yeah. instincts there. I suppose they become instincts. Like. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm definitely not. I still catch myself out on all these sorts of things all the time. Um, and it's just, it takes a long time to realize that you're doing it yeah and then overcome it as well yeah um trying to catch yourself in that moment of you know you're hungry at the shop so you've bought a packet of chips and then oh you you're looking at the packet of chips because you're hungry and you're like oh, i'm hungry it's okay i haven't eaten much so i can have the chips catching yourself in that moment and going well no i'll just buy something else and make something else like, yeah i if i haven't eaten i can wait another half an hour until i get home so i can make something like it's not the end of the world, like talking like yourself through it and making realistic, logical. Just becoming self-aware. It's like, it's a practice. It's something you have to practice just like anything else. So if someone came to you or someone asked you after this podcast, Jack, help me. How do I quit or cut back my Coke intake? What would your immediate advice be? It's hard because you've got to sort of know the person as well. That's true. And like honestly, the client we're talking about, she just made this decision on her own. Yeah. Which is even better. She caught this habit. She's made the changes and she's realized everything. So it's very hard because, again, like it's almost bred in, like, into yourself that it's okay to have these things. I'd almost try and have something easy on hand to swap it out with. Mm. Um, like let's say you've just done a hard workout. Instead of going for a Coke, go for a protein shake. Have something, like I guess that's not similar, <laughs> but something similar that you can easily swap out for that thing that you're, a healthy option of that thing that you're craving or wanting to go for all the time. Yeah, I was going to say something extremely similar. But I'll say it anyway because it might hit someone different. Mm. And that is to try and think about it like an evolution. So if you're having like pretty much like what you said, if you're having Coke, then swap it for Coke Zero. And then after a while, swap it for sparkling water. And then after a while. So gradually let yourself evolve from having Coke to water or whatever else it is. Just don't, I think the worst thing people can do is just go cold turkey. Like it works for some people, definitely. But if you go cold turkey, then you're just depriving yourself of having it. And then eventually you will get in a mood or you will have low motivation or you'll be really hungry or angry or stressed or whatever. And you'll just be like, stuff it. I'm going to have the Coke. And you've just opened the floodgates and just let it fully back in. Yeah. Whereas if you evolve out of it, you'll actually start to lose the drive for it. Whereas if you just 
stop completely, then the drive's still there. You're just trying to smother it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was going to say that as well. Like, don't just cut it all out because you're not, your willpower isn't as strong as your brain. No. Like your brain will tell you all these different stories that you deserve this or this, this, and this, so you can have this. Like yeah. your willpower isn't that strong. And when you do, if you are cutting out soft drink and you're going really well and you're so proud of yourself and you're achieving all this, and then all of a sudden you give in and you're drinking a Coke and you're like, how the hell did that happen? Don't beat yourself up about it. Mm. Just accept it, enjoy it, and think about why you actually went through the steps of getting to that Coke. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up about it. The worst thing you can do is, you know, hate yourself over it and go, oh, now I've got to starve myself for the next day. Yeah. Like, it happened, deal with it, enjoy it, understand why it happened, and try and prove on the next time it comes around. Yeah. Before we move on, I wanted to maybe just talk about this in relation to food because I think that Coke drinking, soft drink, is kind of different to someone feeling like they're addicted to eating chocolate or chips or a food, you know? And you said that you struggle with this a bit and I think that you struggle with it in relation to food, not necessarily liquid, right? Mm. And I think... I also recently have started to struggle with it just a little. I feel like I have pretty good self-control. I don't know, a little bit OCD, but having chocolate in the house because it's coming up to Christmas and my mum sent us 25 (laughs) kinder surprises for an advent calendar um, has made it harder because generally we just don't have the things we don't want to eat in the house. Mm. So we can't eat them. Mm. And that's one thing that you can do. But now that we have these chocolate eggs in the house, um, we've introduced a whole nother level of self-control and willpower, right? Have we? <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at how many's left then. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I do that makes the most difference for me saying no to having a Kinder Surprise, Kinder Surprise? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is not letting myself be starving hungry and I know we talk about how hunger isn't an emergency all the time and it's okay to feel hungry but I'm talking about like famished (laughs) you know because because as soon as I am beyond physically hungry and my stomach is like growling at me I am 250 times more likely to just eat a kind of surprise because I it's really hard for me to remind myself that hunger is an emer- is not an emergency. Mm. I'm like, I'm so hungry, I have to eat something right now. Mm. So instead of doing that, I try to plan my snacks or don't have lunch too late or breakfast too late so that I don't get to that ravenous hungry point. And then I have a lot more willpower because at the end of the day, willpower is just an emotion. It's not going to be there all the time. You're not happy all the time. You're not sad all the time. Willpower is the same. So if you can, if you know that there's things in the house that you don't necessarily want to eat, don't let yourself get to the point where you, you are weak enough to just be like, I'm just going to eat five Kinder Surprises in a row. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was saying about willpower. Like you're not as strong as your brain. Yeah. And that's why food prep and all that sort of stuff is so effective. Like I know a lot of people hate on it and it's like, oh, food prep, Sundays and all that sort of stuff. But that's why you do it. Yeah. So you have that food there, so you're not tempted to get takeaway. Because takeaway is super easy. Like, super easy. 
you can do it easily, but it's so high in calorie, cooked with all sorts of bad shit. You don't actually know what's in it. You might think it's healthy because they've got it there in front of you making it and it's a salad, but it's not actually healthy. It's not as healthy as you making it yourself, knowing exactly the ingredients going into it. Yeah. So that's why you food prep. And I don't think if like people get scared of food prep because like social media glorifies the whole chicken, rice and broccoli and like 25 containers of the <laughs> same meal. Mm. It, we've said before, but I'll say it again. We do, it doesn't have to be that extreme. It can be something as simple as pre-cutting your vegetables so they're easy to cook. Like buying some hummus and pre-cutting carrots so that when you want kind of surprise, you can just have some carrot sticks and hummus instead. Mm. Like yeah, a little something so simple like that is a game changer. Yeah, if you do a big shop on Sunday, then just spend an extra half an hour when you get home just chopping stuff up. Yeah. It's just that little extra easier to get to. You can listen to our podcast while you do it. It's kind of therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah. All right. Um, finish with that? Yeah. All right. So I did want to touch on the liver king. Oh, God. Everybody has been talking about liver king. Um, I haven't really dived into what's going on, but everybody's exposing him. Apparently, an email was leaked with him admitting that he's taking all sorts of steroids, growth hormones. Um, oh, there's at least six or seven things on this list. Uh, peptides, all this shit. Like, and I don't, are you shocked that the Liver King is on all this stuff? No, I don't know why everyone is acting like they've been betrayed. It was so obvious. Like... It, it, yeah, if you thought the liver king was natural and the shit that he preaches is how he got the body he got, then you really need to check yourself and learn something. Learn some more stuff about the human body and all that sort of stuff. Because you take one look at him, and well, I knew straight away he's not natural. Like, for one, if somebody is, like, I don't think I've ever seen him with a shirt on. No, I know. He even does all of his interviews shirtless. I did see one interview with him, a short clip, and he's on this white couch, like pure white couch. Like it was like a, a very nice like suede or some sort of fabric couch. And here's old Liver King on there, sweaty body, laying on, like Ew. sitting on this couch doing an interview. I was just like, oh, that'd suck. But anyway... Um, like, if somebody has never got their shirt on in all their social media presence, like, you know that they're, they're doing something. Like, they're showing something off. So I, I just thought it was just a good topic to bring up and say, look, if you did think he was natural, then do some research. And just don't fall for the people that are shredded 24, 254, how many days are in the year? <laughs> 365 days a year. Yeah, and, and if somebody is shredded like that and selling you something guaranteed they are on some sort of gear yeah because like and that's why i don't really like i don't want to sell our programs and go look at me because no one's like me no like if we did exactly the same program we're not going to get the same results if we if me and another 35 year old male ate the same thing done the same program slept exactly the same we're not going to look the same at the end no everybody's different so you can't buy something off what somebody looks like. Yeah. Um, 
going, doing all this little bit of research and watching all this stuff on the Liver King and everybody calling him out and all that sort of stuff, this app popped up on my phone when I was on social media this morning. It is called um, NUFA. N-U-F-A. Yeah. How would you say that? Do you say that? Is it, abbrevi- is it an abbreviation for something? I think it might be an abbreviation for something because this app gives you abs. So if you can take a photo of yourself and it will scan your body, do all that sort of stuff and change it so you look absolutely ripped. And it's quite good. So I haven't paid for it, so I can't do my own body. But on the demo page, they got celebrities and you can do celebrities <laughs> and change their bodies. So I'm doing one now. I'm not sure who this is, but it's actually really good. Like you can't tell that it's been photoshopped. Even, is there any females? Like, look at that. What? It almost looks like it's been the photo. He looks like he's been photoshopped to be overweight. Yeah. Like the overweight version looks more photoshopped than the Photoshop version. Yeah. Right. Crazy, isn't it? So is there a woman? Uh, yeah, there's do they a woman. Give, do they give women like the, the very intense abs as well? No, so it's, it's so well done. It's like, you know, it's not over the top. So there's a woman. It looks a little bit weird because she's got She kind of looks breasts. like a Sims character. Yeah. So you oh can, my God, it even sucks your sides in. So you can go in and change the sides of your breasts as well and that sort of what? stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so the, what did I say the app was? Um, N-U-F-A. I don't know if that stands for something, but download it and just try it yourself on it. And I want to bring that up because um, it just goes to show that you can't believe what you see on social media. <laughs> like I could literally use this app, get a heap of ripped photos of me, advertise my programs, and I would sell a shitload more programs. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's very tempting, but as shit as that is, that's just how it is. Yeah. But you've got to be smart enough to overcome that. So download that app. Um, like obviously I'm not getting any money for it or anything. I'm just, I just want you to download it so you can see for yourself how much bullshit is out there. How easy it is to Yeah, to manipulate people. Yeah. It's crazy. You know how we were, talk- were we talking about ab implants a while ago? Mm. In my Instagram, I don't know, search feed thing, that weird search feed, so many, there's so many women I don't know if they're using that app or that have ab implants now, but it's like they look like abs that would be on a, a man, but they're on a woman. So they look like small little dinner rolls. You know how you get that eight pack of dinner rolls? They mm. look like that, but on a woman. Yeah. And that, that it's for a woman to get that naturally is so freaking hard. Like, I don't think you would be able to. I'm just thinking like CrossFit women. Oh, well, you wouldn't, but that's not naturally though. But like Tia Claire Toomey, for example, those kind of abs, like the dinner roll abs, I keep seeing skinny. That's, that's the controversial thing too, is these women are very skinny, but then they have abs. Mm. Those two things don't go together because you have to build bulk everywhere to get bulky abs. Yeah, and you can't, I've said this before, you can't take athletes bodies into consideration into anything yeah they are the top 0.1 percent of the population and that is why they are elite athletes 
Like, yeah, no, they it's have, their job. <laughs> they have, yeah, it's their job, but they have the very unique genes so they can be at the top of their sport. Yeah. And you can't do CrossFit in hoping to look like uh, Tia Claire Toomey because you don't have her genes. Because she's an anomaly. Yep. All right. Uh, listen to questions. Did I come with any? I come with some. Oh. So this time of the year, I get asked a lot if taking time off from the gym or going on holidays, am I going to lose all my gains? So very common question and understandable. Like you put in all this hard work and you want to stay looking good. You know, sometimes people do all this hard work so they look good on this holiday. <laughs> and if you stop, are you going to lose all your gains? What would you say? No. Mm. Medium. No. Well, a week. Are we just talking about a week? Because per, from, just from personal experience, when I have... The only time I really stop exercising is when I'm sick. So mm. I'm forced to stop exercising. Um, but when I'm sick, what I'm doing is nothing. Like literally, I mean like laying on the couch because I really hate being sick and I want to get back to full health as fast as possible. But I think when you're on holidays, you're still walking around, just like discovering towns, playing games. It's not like you're just going to sit down for a week. You mm. know, you're still going to be moving your body. So it's not like you're necessarily going to go back to where you were three months ago in a week's time. Yeah, I'd, I'd say same thing. Um, in a week... Like it's not unusual for people just to take a week off the gym, especially if you've been going real hard for a while. Yeah. Take a week off. It's You're not going to lose any strength. You're not going to lose any muscle. Um, generally what happens when people go on holidays, they might eat a few more carbohydrates and stuff like that, drink a little bit more. And as we know, carbs help you hold on to fluids. So you might feel a little bit bloated, but it's just bloat from fluids that's and that's not a bad thing i'm not saying don't eat carbs i'm saying that's fine um you'll find once you start moving around a bit and just get back to normal eating habits then you'll go you'll come back to exactly where you were yeah i think sometimes when you have a week off you you come back to exactly where you were quickly but also you get like you progress even more because you've had so much time to like fully recover and rest your whole body so you can push harder Hmm. lift heavier yeah. In the gym. So a week, yeah, fine. Two weeks, that's where you've got to be a little bit more s- smart, I guess, with just staying active. Again, you're not going to lose any strength gains. You're not going to lose muscle as long as you're active. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean going to the gym. If you've got access to the gym and you want to go into the gym once or twice in those two weeks, awesome, go do it. Um but just staying active, that might mean you might have to just do a body weight workout every now and then. Yeah, that's fine. Um, if you're walking around, doing heaps of walking, heaps of activities, then that might be enough. But you've just got to judge for yourself how much activity you need to be doing. So if you're on a holiday when it, most of it's just sitting on the beach doing nothing, then yeah, you might need to schedule in a walk, schedule in a body weight workout, that sort of stuff, just to keep movement happening through your body a bit of stimulation to those muscles um if it's any longer than two weeks then yeah i'd say you'd probably need to start thinking about adding in gym sessions even one like maintaining your goals with one gym decent workout in a gym each week is fine over three or four weeks 
you're not going to lose anything. And what about trigger sessions? Like, because, you know, you can take those elastic bands everywhere you go, right? Mm. And just do a 15 minute trigger session. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, that, and that just comes down to you thinking and being smart and understanding how active you're going to be. If you know you're not going to have access to a gym, um, you know, you're not going to be too active, then yeah, taking just a band or two so you can do some trigger sessions. Yeah. That's perfect. If you don't know what a trigger session is, just buy one of my programs and you'll know exactly what a trigger session is. They're built into the into the programs. Um, very effective just to strip a bit of body weight, uh, body fat, sorry, um, and build some muscle. Like They're just very effective to have in your weekly routines. And once you understand how to do them, you can take them anywhere and do them. Um, so yeah, general question, general answer is no, you're not going to lose your gains, but just be smart about it. You can't just go, oh, Jack said I'm not going to lose my gains, so I'm just going to sit on my ass for two weeks and eat whatever I want and watch all the movies and not do anything and then complain to me in two weeks when, when you've lost everything. Um, uh, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, so just be smart about it. You're not going to lose your gains, but just be smart about your activities, how much food you're eating. Obviously, on holidays, people generally tend to eat a lot more, drink a lot more, so be smart about that as well. Yeah, I was just going to mention like gains aside, I do like I recognize that not everyone is obsessed with going to the gym like we are, but going to the don't forget that going to the gym isn't just for you to improve your body composition or lose weight or whatever. It's also extremely good for your mental health, your energy, your sleep, like just your body in general. So like if you don't want to exercise because you want to have two weeks off and you want to get away from the gym, just still consider doing exercise for like your mental health. Because honestly, if you go for a walk in the morning, you're probably going to have more energy for the rest of the day while you're on holidays. You're going to be in a better mood. Like, I don't know. It's just so much more than aesthetics. Yeah. So for us, our minimum required effort each day is a walk. So pretty much every single day we go for a walk. Yeah. I'd say every single day. Like worst case scenario, we go for a 20 minute walk. Yeah. Like that's our, it's just that's a shorter our... walk. Yeah. Um, we try to aim for about 40 to an hour, depending on the day and what we've got on. But that is our, like everything else on top of that is like an added bonus. So when we go away or do stuff, that does not stop. Like it's, it's just what we do. And like it's if, so easy. Like it's free. You can talk. You can take your family members and talk, take the dog and talk. Well, yeah. maybe I talk to the dogs when I walk them by myself, but you don't um, want to look like a weirdo. <laughs> it's something so simple. Everybody can do it, but there shouldn't be an excuse on why. Um, even if you're traveling all day, I'd schedule it in a walk. Like if you're driving to see families or you're flying and it's like you have to start at six and finish at six, mm. like just add in an, a half an hour walk somewhere along the stop along the way. You like know, yeah. You can walk around an airport. If you're traveling like in a car, there's guaranteed to be driving past somewhere where you can stop and walk for half an hour. Yeah. Or um, something that I do when we talk to people for a long period of time, because I hate just standing still or just sitting down is just like, do we talked about solely as push-ups a while ago, like the little calf, but just do calf raises. Mm. <laughs> like at least you're actually working your muscles, which is still triggering your metabolism to go. Yeah. And like, you might look like a dork, but if you stop for lunch somewhere then just stand there and eat your lunch and do 
calf raises. <laughs> yeah, I'll often just do squats and stuff like that, and I'll yeah. hold a squat while I'm talking to somebody. Depending on who it is, I might get a weird look or something like that, but <laughs> it feels great. Yeah. All right, let's leave it there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in again. As always, if you got something out of this, please share it with a friend or family member you think would get something out of it as well. Just send them a text with the link and say, listen to this, you're going to get a lot out of it, and enjoy. And we'll talk to you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.